Junction Live, taking thought leadership off the page and into the studio with some of the sharpest minds in affiliate marketing. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Junction Live. I'm your host, Nicole Ron, Global Vice President of Marketing, Product Marketing, and Business Systems here at CJ. On this episode, I'm excited to talk about an important part of the mobile landscape, app tracking. And while apps are abundant, and as shoppers, we use apps daily, affiliate hasn't embraced apps with the same level of enthusiasm as consumers. Today, we'll dig into why that is, where apps fit into your marketing mix, and what you can do to maximize it. Let me introduce our expert guests on this topic, Chris Mattern and Kelly Merkel. Chris joins us from mobile commerce platform Button. As co-founder and chief innovation officer, he's led Button's product development since its inception seven years ago. However, Chris is no newbie to the app business. Prior to Button, Chris was the head of mobile at Venmo, was an app developer, and has worked on or co-founded many other apps over the years. I also happen to know that Chris is very passionate about wine. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for joining. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Kelly is our second guest, and she's Vice President of Publisher Development at CJ. I'm thrilled to have her join this discussion. Kelly came to CJ in 2010 and worked for many years on our advertiser client side of the business and led our Midwest client teams. Kelly brings a lot of great knowledge on this topic from her time working with both advertisers and publishers within the CJ platform. All right, Kelly, thanks for, thanks for joining. It's great to have you again. Um, Thanks for having me. Of course. All right, we're going to get started. So let's talk about apps. Uh, Fundamentally, I kind of want to open this up at the ground level. What role do apps play in a consumer's shopping experience? Uh, I'll I'll jump in and uh, slight cop-out answer. The only truism in any question is it depends. Um, (laughs) Different for different users. But an app fundamentally indicates that the user has some pre-existing deeper relationship with that brand when it's present. And apps exist typically for user convenience to make it easier for them to get access to, to make it easier for them to have their preferences saved, their payment credentials saved. And so where present, the app really just is designed to make it simpler to complete the job to be done, which is either for organic search, discovery, um, and then for um, incoming users through something like affiliate, just making it simpler to transact. I, I couldn't agree more with what Chris had to say. I think that apps really are a way for marketers to ensure a really seamless customer experience. Um, you know, consumers want, you know, the same kind of functionality, regardless of how they're shopping, regardless of how they're engaging, you know, there's nothing more frustrating than going to an app and not being able to do the same things that you were able to do on a desktop or an MWeb. So by having that uh, same kind of interaction with your brand across all those different platforms, it really helps make yourself, your brand more sticky. Um, and that applies for both advertisers and publishers. It's not just a it's not just a, a brand concern. I think that publishers can really ensure that that experience is consistent for their consumers, and it increases the loyalty to that app um, and ensures that they know that they're going to have a standardized experience across the board. That makes sense. I think you know, long ago there was a time when when app experiences could be 
slightly different or divergent or consumers were a little more forgiving of things not being available. But today it seems that apps are truly just an extension or a different option for them to interact with the brand. And they don't always use just one or the other, but, but kind of jump between the two. Is that a trend that you guys see as well? Yeah, absolutely. For, from my perspective, I think there's a big difference between apps being different and apps being worse. Um, I think what we used to kind of just expect and get used to is, oh, the app like only does 5% of things and you know some of it's broken and it doesn't let you see the pictures and that kind of stuff. Um, and, and that's gone. Like the days of that are behind us. Consumers expect a on par experience. That said, I think there are good examples of where uh, the jobs to be done are a little bit different, uh, where there are certain scenarios that make more sense in mobile, uh, others that make more sense um, inside of uh, an MWeb or a desktop experience. Particularly, you know, this is increasingly less so, but up until a couple of years ago, considered purchases typically uh, oriented themselves towards desktop. Those are increasingly coming back towards mobile but not all considered purchases necessarily make sense uh, inside of an app to the same fidelity that they might uh, on desktop. Got it, that makes sense. So what are some common assumptions or pitfalls that we see marketers make about apps that ultimately hinder their success? You know, I think that we, we talk a lot about that, you know, just now about making sure that the experience is the same, but also ensuring that you're not treating those app users differently than non-app users. I think sometimes there is a mentality that, well, this user has downloaded my app, therefore they are loyal to me. I don't have to worry about engaging them in other ways and that they're just gonna keep coming back to the app and making those conversions. And, and I don't think that that's true. Um, you know, we see that in um, like the Google messy middle study that happened um, a year or so ago. And we released some thought leadership around that that it really just being in the consideration set and being a brand being present in a consumer journey is enough to change a consumer's mind. So we have to think about what are you constantly doing to ensure that that consumer is going to come back to you regardless of how you think they're gonna convert. You know, a great example of this is like, recently I actually bought my first airline ticket in over a year. And I'm a, used to be a very consistent flyer. I was on, you know, I was on a plane once a week um, and I have a lot of different touch points that I use. I have a lot of different apps on my phone that I use when determining what kind of flight I wanna take, where I wanna go. And that could be, you know, a travel app, OTA. It could be through the airline because I've got miles that I wanna use. It could be through my credit card because I've got points or there's some kind of like promotion happening to like book travel through my credit card app. Um, and, you know, each of those touch points could assume that I'm going to be a loyal consumer and make a conversion consistently in their app. And I may not um, because it's really about where am I wanting to engage and what am I looking for uh, in that particular journey? That's great. I, I love the, the messy middle metaphor. And I think you're right about being in the in the consideration set. Um, I think the, the key to success with apps is just front of mind. How do you make sure you're front of mind for the right user at the right time uh, across all those touch points? And to your point, why you shouldn't assume that you now own that customer and you need to engage with them. I think that's also the other side of that. And this is where the messy middle can be, kind of be repurposed in that 
<laughs> the goal is not to hold on to that user with a death grip and never let them out either. And so, you know, when you think about apps, one of the first words that often comes to mind is silos, like these very vertically kind of like not connected to other things property. And users come back because of utility and front of mindness, not because you never let them out. And so building a high utility experience for users, no matter what it is, is always the right thing to do, regardless of whether that means sending a user out of your app, bringing them in, re-engaging them in a different touch point for potentially something that may or may not converse an app. And to Kelly's point, you know, however users want to shop and what's of greatest utility. Great. I, you know, another one that I've heard um, and experienced quite a bit when I ran parts of our app business many, many years ago was that mobile tracking and app tracking, desktop tracking, figuring out how to make all of that work together is hard. So Chris, I'm really interested in hearing from your perspective. Is tracking between these different environments difficult? And if not, or if so, why is this a common assumption that we hear? I, I, I don't know here whether to uh, sell how hard it is and how magical a solution we've made uh, or how kind of simple and straightforward it is to use. Uh, you know, over the last five or six years, I think apps have gone from being mystical, magical things that no one quite knows what to do with uh, through to important, increasingly well understood kind of components of a digital strategy and one of the key touch points with users. And, you know, one of the things that's evolved around that is better tooling and infrastructure to enable some of these things. So that comes in the shape of things like Button, where this is one of the things that we literally focus on. Um, a lot of brands are increasingly using customer data platforms that uh, go across their web, their um, outside spend and their app. And increasingly, you know, it's not rocket science to tie this stuff together. What you do need is a well-coordinated set of partners to make sure that you get a consistent view across these things um, and that your channels are kind of measured in a apples to apples kind of way. Um, and that's where, you know, stuff like CJ and, and Reach together can be really useful. Got it. Can you, for, for the person who maybe holds this belief, um, give like a real quick or basic overview of how tracking works in app and why it's different from MWeb? So fundamentally, we're trying to do the same thing. Um, we're trying to, in a privacy safe way, make sure that a user who came in the front door, uh, we can kind of attribute a purchase that happened to them. And the number one thing that kind of people uh, realized when apps came about is that you don't have cookies. <clears throat> so cookies on the web allow any third-party developer to just kind of like drop and store information on any website, rely on it being there later. And that's kind of how the primary tracking infrastructure of uh, the web works. Um, increasingly third-party cookies uh, going away, first-party cookies are replacing them, um, but the, the kind of underlying principles are the same. Inside of apps, there is kind of no such free, hey, store this thing for me and I'll get it back later. And that's where, you know, on the, on the button side, we've been working for the last five or six years to start instrumenting these apps in partnership with their creators by introducing our open source code. So whereas with um, the web, you might use Google Tag Manager to drop something in, typically to enable your app for tracking. And this is the one place that you can say, yeah, it's a little more work. Uh, you have to write a few lines of code in your app. Um, it really is only a few lines of code. 
And what it does is kind of recreate some of that fundamental capability to take that incoming kind of identity of who that user is that's shopping and store it to then report it with that order. And that's essentially all you're really trying to do. Great, thanks. That's super helpful. I know there's this, this theory that apps are kind of walled gardens and it's very difficult to communicate what's happening maybe upstream or post-conversion in an app world. And really the mechanisms are fundamentally very similar with minor differences, but they're all you know, technically solvable and not overly complicated. That's what I'm hearing, if that's correct, yeah? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the principles are the same. Perfect. All right. Thanks for doing that. I, you know, going back to our misconceptions, let's talk about what are some of the outcomes that you've seen based on these assumptions, either negative or positive, if that exists. I, I can start on this one. Um, I, you know, I think that when you're thinking about this kind of misconception that tracking through app is is difficult, it either gets played out in, it, it usually gets played out again going back to the customer journey. You know, because if you're starting with, um, you know, in the affiliate world, if you're starting on a publisher site or a publisher app, in order for the affiliate landscape to work, there needs to be trust that there's going to be a holistic experience and holistic tracking throughout that journey. And there can be some misconceptions that if that consumer gets sent to an app, maybe the tracking won't be as consistent, or maybe the experience won't be the same, or maybe that tracking won't get captured so that consumer isn't going to get their, let's say, cash back or coupon in a way that they think. Um, and, and ultimately, that hurts the, the brand, the publisher, and the consumer. Um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because then that really comes at the sacrifice of, you know, these publisher partners are really there to be meaningful touch points and to be supportive of that customer journey. And so by not having the right pieces in place to track that app from beginning to end, there's a, a, an impact um, across the board. And so, you know, especially now, app experiences are becoming in increasingly important. You know, based on network data here at CJ, in the last 12 months, we've seen mobile engagement surpass desktop usage for the first time. And so we need to make sure that as a network and, and with our partnership with Button, we're, we're moving down that path that we can help support and overcome some of these mis misconceptions and ensure that we're helping both our uh, advertisers and our publishers have the right tracking in place to support, again, the seamless customer journey. Yeah, I think you hit it with users. Like users are the first casualty here. Like there's nothing worse than being stuck in an embedded web view when you have the app on your phone and you know you could one tap checkout, but instead you have the 160 tap checkout. And what that turns into is just aborted um, customer shopping sessions. But we've all seen these kind of signs all over the place, links that you tap and don't go anywhere. It opens the app, but it didn't open the product you were going for. You didn't get your reward. Like the user is the first cannon fodder here. But then there's real downsides to the brand too, because where we can get users into the app, we see something like 1.5 to 3x conversions, depending upon kind of the uh, the web and the app spirit experience in place. So, and then that compounds into lifetime value. So the businesses lose out, but the users up front just have really terrible user experiences. Great, yeah, that makes sense. So help me understand, now that we've talked about some of these misconceptions and, and what we're seeing, as well as 
what really the end game should be with app experiences and how that fits into our larger customer journeys. What do the most successful marketers do differently? And what does that result in for, for either the brand or the partnership or both? Fundamentally, it's, it's a dedication to user experience across all of these channels. And to what Kelly was saying earlier, kind of trying to make sure you're in that consideration set, but also you know, front of mind and reaching that customer at the most relevant places. Not aiming to get consumers to spend 100% of the time in their app, but instead having their app integrated in kind of a holistic brand experience in a way that makes sense for what the customer does want to use it for. And then, you know, particularly as you think about affiliate, thinking about maximizing the affiliate channel for all it can be, it is your most performant channel, almost certainly for most folks. And it can also be one of your best drivers of app installs and your, your best kind of row as effective way of driving users into the app. And so like, really don't under leverage the affiliate channel. Like I, I'm a big advocate for, I think the affiliate channel could be five to 10 X larger in kind of budget than it could and still be one of the most effective um, channels that companies have because there's so much juice left in it. We yeah. of course believe the same thing and love hearing that from somebody else. <laughs> Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, obviously, I 100% I agree with uh, a lot more investment coming into affiliate because um, I think that, you know, we do have a, a unique situation here where consumers are extremely engaged um, with, they have an opportunity to build a loyalty to not just the brand through affiliate, but through the publisher experience. So we have kind of a twofold way to tap into um, consumers and and getting opportunities um, and engagements in, in front of them. Um, and, and I think that, you know, what we do see um, as far as, you know, success is, is, you know, Chris really hit it on the head and we talked about, it's kind of almost like the flip of what we talked about in the, in the last question of, you know, you can't, you can't kind of force this consumer into a path just because there's, there's a concern about tracking, not being a hundred percent or uh, that, you think the consumer experience is, is going to be bad. Like we want those consumers to be experiences to be good. And we want the tracking to be hundred percent so that the consumer can convert however they want. Um, it's really about giving them that choice and knowing how they prefer to engage with your, um, with your experience. Yeah. I, I have a provocative question too on this one is, you know, who owns the customer is, is it one or the other? Is it nobody? What's your, what's your take on that? Owen is, is a tricky <laughs> word, right? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that, like, I think it's more about owning the experience and owning the, um, owning how, what happens to a consumer when they engage with you. And I think that is, is responsibility of both publishers and advertisers. You know, they have to know the, know the audience well enough to know what they're looking for, to know what they're going to respond to to know um, their preferences. And so I don't think it's, I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's everyone's responsibility. Makes sense. Yeah. And I think that that, that goes back into when you're talking about customer experience, why it's so critical to work with your partners to make sure that whatever piece of that journey they're adding value to, why that, that customer is ultimately choosing to work with a publisher, whichever platform or model that is, 
and then ultimately sending them to a brand, that there's continuity between it, but also that the mechanisms that are necessary to make that relationship successful are in place so that however that consumer decides to go from one point to another, we're helping move it along in the right direction, ultimately meet that, that consumer need. Um, here's another question for you guys. Can app be ignored and a marketer still be successful either now or in the future? I guess I'll return to my, my first answer, which is it depends. Um, I guess it depends on you know, the, the type of brands, particularly on the, on the, on the marketer side uh, and what success means, but increasingly mobile is where people are spending time, attention and money. And brands build apps because they are the best way to build deepening long-term relationships with customers um, and the best way to drive single purchase transactions as well. And they wouldn't keep building them if they don't work. And so it's just pragmatic to build that contextually into whatever shopping experience you're trying to build. That said, like thinking about it from the marketer side, there are certain types of businesses where apps make less sense. So things that are single purchase, once a lifetime, once a decade type products where, you know, I don't know if I would want, for example, a mattress app, for example, like it's, it's the kind of thing that you know, may not, um, take the same benefit from building that longer term engagement with the customer but for brands that have chosen to uh, and, and are building those relationships through an app with customers not integrating it into your marketing is just a really big missed opportunity kelly what are your thoughts yeah i mean i, I don't think we could get to the end of this conversation and give like a hard no <laughs> to <laughs> Or give a hard yes, cannot be ignored. Yep, exactly. Um, so, you know, but to Chris's point too, it, it also kind of depends, you know, most for most brands, it is going to make sense to have a app as a part of their marketing strategy, and it should be a very key part of their marketing strategy for some, again, it may not make sense, but it all comes back down to, you know, this trend of mobile engagement how the consumers are reaching, uh, reaching you. And again, this is to me, both advertisers and publishers, how the consumers are reaching you, how they're engaging with you and how you can create that authentic, seamless experience. Um, that to me is the, is the most important consideration when you're thinking about your app strategy. Great, awesome. I really appreciate you both taking the time to chat through that. I know there are a lot of misconceptions out there and I think you've done a great job kind of anchoring us back into what really matters ultimately and why we create these experiences to begin with, which is the customer and, and the journey that we're trying to create for them or the experience that we're trying to cultivate. So I have one more question for you and it's a really important one. Um, what's your favorite app? It can't be a business app. It has to be one that you love using personally and I'd love to hear what that is and why. So I spend a lot of time on BuzzFeed. I feel like I've aged out of their demographic, but I'm still get like sucked in because I love taking quizzes about what Parks and Rec character I am or, you know, the... <laughs> Which one are you? <laughs> it depends on the day. I'm either an April or a Ron. Um, so it, it, sometimes I'm a Leslie. Again, it just, it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. I'm not Which seeing the Ron. <laughs> <laughs> all right what about you chris do you have a favorite i 
it's really tough to pick with just one. Uh, and I, I guess I'm probably not allowed to say Venmo. Uh, so one that one that I, I really, really like and have used for a long time since before they were a customer, uh, an app called Acorns, which was built on a foundational principle of saving via rounding up on credit card purchases. So every time you swipe your credit card, um, they will round it up to the nearest dollar and then you know, a couple of times a week, they'll take that amount out of your account and save it. And then they invest it in stocks. I find it personally a really compelling app uh, and I've used it for a long time. Uh, but I, I also just think it's a really genius way to help people start investing in the stock market in small, manageable, controlled ways um, and to see it grow over time. Uh, I think it's really a cool concept and have been a user for pretty much since it since it first existed. Very cool. I'll have to check that out. I love that concept. Um, it's like finding money under the mattress, and but it's actually doing something for you. Uh, my favorite, my favorite is a plant app, which says a lot. I feel like every podcast I talk about my love of plants, um, but it's called Picture This, and you can actually use it to like take a picture of a plant that you see out in the wild, basically, and it'll tell you what it is, how to care for it, whether it's poisonous and everything else you could ever possibly want to know about plants. So that's my <laughs> my current personal favorite. If you're how well also- How does it work? How, it actually works extremely well. Like I've been pleasantly surprised at how accurate it is. So- that's, yep. a, that's a hard problem. I know, it, it really is. Cause it's like image recognition and then you have to stack that against the database and return the right thing. Like. It's not an easy thing, but they've done a pretty bang up job at it. So it's uh, currently my favorite. I think I use it like at least once a week. So yeah, it's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you both. I greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, as always, it's wonderful to have guests and subject matter experts like yourselves join us. Of course, we also shamelessly have to plug that we're super excited to be officially partnered with uh, Button and bringing that uh, expertise into our client base, as well as as you know marrying that with the CJ expertise and tracking and everything else that we do for our, our existing clients, uh, as well as prospective clients. So, thank you both, and with that, we'll sign off. Thank you so much for thank having you. me. And we are, of course, excited to be working with you as well. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode and are curious to know more about this topic and many others, check us out at junction.cj.com or find CJ Affiliate on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram.